Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity Coach on KTC Radio. It's July 14th, uh, Wednesday afternoon on the east coast of the States. And um, I really want to welcome you all here this afternoon. I'm, I'm really excited about today's show. I, I really believe that this is going to be a very relevant topic for a lot of our listeners today. So I'm just really excited to introduce to you our guest today. Um, I just want to first of all just introduce the topic quickly, um, which is called, Are You Getting Paid What You're Worth? And um, so our expert today is Tom Buford. Welcome, Tom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Where, where are you based, Tom? Uh, I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, just ah. north of Atlanta, about 30 minutes. Ah, is it as steamy down yeah. there as it is up here? It's pretty hot right now. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been welcomed by an unusually warm summer this year, so I'm already yeah. begging for fall, <laughs> which is my favorite <laughs> time of year anyway. So, is it? Um, yeah, I was raised in San Diego, which is very mild weather, and then but ah. I've been here for 22 years, and I, I'll never get used to um, the humid summers, but that's okay. Have a yeah, well-insulated we- home, so. That helps. Oh, that, that's good. I'm I'm in New Jersey, and it's it's been crazy. Um, I've heard hot up here. Yeah, uh, we had a downpour yesterday, but uh, which was which was we were very thankful for. But it's back up to its steamy south again today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you get a lot of humidity up there too. It's uh, yeah, today's absolutely. not too bad. It actually cooled off a bit, so it's it's yeah. not. I can't complain. It's only about ninety nine one. Oh, that's good. Yep, can cope with that. Yes, well, I, definitely. Wanna, I, I want to welcome all the uh, the guests in the chat room that are coming in and uh, the, everyone listening on the line as well. Um, this is going to be a really exciting show. Tom's going to be sharing um, some of his uh, pearls of wisdom around what it means to charge what you're worth um, and what you deserve and how to go about doing that. Um, so I'm going to just uh, give our listeners a little bit of background about you, Tom, just so that they can get a sense of you know, who you are and, and uh, you know, just get a sense of, of that. So let me just tell them a little bit about you first and then we'll sure. jump into the topic. All right. So um, just for everyone's information, Tom uh, Buford is the founder of chargewhatyoudeserve.com and you can access that through louise.chargewhatyoudeserve.com and he has been a self-employed service professional for the past 14 years. He built his first his uh, first very successful business as an automotive painting contractor when he was 27. Within two years, he turned Paint Solutions Inc. into a solid six-figure business. Since then, he's been a coach, consultant, author, speaker, skydiver, and musician. Tom tapped into his experiences as a business owner and created Charge What You Deserve, where he shares fee-setting strategies with service professionals so that they can live the lives that they've been dreaming of. Using his techniques, Tom's clients have been able to double their fees and attract more clients than ever before. Tom is the author of the Lifestyle Fee-Setting Formula Revealed in Home Study Programs for Discovering How to Charge What You Deserve and Get It. So, Tom, without further ado, I would love for you to just let us know how you got involved in the whole aspect or the whole, you know, the niche that you're in right now, which is about supporting your clients to, to get to get the fees that they would like to be 
getting to build the businesses on, of their dreams. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for the introduction, and thanks for uh, you know for inviting me to be part of the uh, the Blog Talk Radio Show with you. It's a great right, honor. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, it, it's a fun topic for me to cover, and and something that that I've been doing for a long time now. And yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I actually had uh, you had mentioned that I've, I have the experience in automotive painting. So uh-huh. I owned an automotive painting business, which basically I wasn't a body shop. I was someone that went to dealerships, to car dealers, and I took right. care of on-site paint repair. And it was a very uh, it was a booming business in the mid to late '90s here in Atlanta, Georgia. So. Uh, it was a great business, um, but you know I really got into it for the money. Uh, frankly, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of freedom and flexibility. I had a friend of mine that was doing it, and I saw the the potential and and got involved in that. But after years of being in the sun and being around the chemicals, I actually had some health concerns and decided, you know, this uh, I need to change the direction that I'm going in right now. So um, I started pursuing some other ideas and looked into business coaching. And I went through a business coaching program. It was actually just a life, like a life coaching uh, curriculum. And uh-huh. at the end of that, there was absolutely zero guidance on how to set your fees. And you know, I didn't know what to do. And, and none of the Very other students, typical. you know, yeah, I mean, we're all like, hey, what do we do? And uh, mm-hmm. the blind leading the blind, and the you have the instructors saying, well, copy your competition. And right. uh, of course, if you're trying to establish your own niche, um, why would you be copying the competition? Not to mention, you don't know whether they're successful or not. Well, yeah, and, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I like to tell people there's 95% of small businesses are going to be out of business in five years or less. So yeah. uh, you have yeah. a 95% chance that you're that you're following a failing business model. Yeah. So that's it just doesn't make sense. And, and I would rather set my fees based on where I want them and then fill the programs with value. Um, right. So, but I went on to interview some people because, you know, I was just getting started and, and getting going as a coach. And, um, I did have a lot of uh, experience, obviously, as a business owner, and if anyone's ever bought a used car before, imagine your business day in and day out is getting a used car manager to sign off on you doing work for them. So that that was my day in and day out of doing the automotive painting work. So you have to develop thick skin and, and always focus on the value that you're delivering for these people and because um, we were really considered a necessary evil uh, by a lot of people. Um, but so you have to, you know, stand your ground and and uh, learn to say no when you have to say no, and and uh, learn not to take everything personally. And a lot of that translates into any kind of a business. Uh, when you're yeah. asking for a fee, you're trying to talk to a client uh, or potential client. So, um, but I actually went out and uh, upon the suggestion of a marketing mentor that I was um, working with at the time, he said, you know, why don't you interview some experts, some people that have been there and done that, some coaches, consultants, other service mm-hmm. professionals. So I did that, and I created the uh, it was probably my, I guess my second information product that I ever created, and it was the expert interview series, um, charge what you deserve expert interview series. So, and I had the chance to interview Adam Urbanski, uh, Melanie Benson Strick, Fabian Fredrickson, uh, Dave Lacani, Rick Raditz, who's the founder of Instant Teleseminar, um, yeah. James Roche, and some other successful business owners. And I was hearing the same thing over and over and over with a lot of the material. So. Um, that's when I moved forward and started really getting charge you deserve out there. Yeah, and was it was it a really big insight for you as well, personally, um, Tom, when you were actually interviewing them and seeing that common thread? Well, it was uh, yeah, it was definitely an insight. It was very encouraging, and uh, because I was coming in with my own ideas, but I thought, well, who am I? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people doing that when you're starting your own business, you're second guessing yourself and your own intuition, and I was doing the same thing. 
But then uh, here I am hearing these people saying the exact same thing that I was already kind of outlining in my head. So it really helped me to just move forward with my uh, with what I was sharing with people. And I wasn't going out and saying, hey, I've got uh, you know 10 years' experience as a coach, um, and I'll tell you how to set your fees. It was really, hey, you need to get over the um, the confidence piece because that's such a big part of it. And here are some things that I do know um, that I have experienced through marketing and owning a business and uh, you know getting yourself out there. Because you know, let's face it, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant or a trainer, um, you can find people that are charging fifty dollars an hour, and you can find people that are charging two thousand dollars an hour. Right. So there is no fee. You know, you can't. There's no. There's there's not a spreadsheet out there that'll tell you what to charge. Right. So you have to decide what you want to earn in your business, and yeah. you have to decide: Am I going to be able to kind of, you know, check my gut and ask for these fees, or do I need to do something mm-hmm. different? Maybe you have to deliver things, um, you know, through information products or group coaching programs, which in my opinion, frankly, are great ways to bring in an income um, yes. and far less dependent upon pricing. But um, so it's, you know, it's just, it definitely was encouraging. So yeah. I, I learned a lot yeah. from that. And I and learned that you can approach you? just about anybody and you'll get a yeah. lot of help from people. You know, Absolutely. because creating the information product, you know, I hear people all the time, oh, you know, I you know, you're already established that so you do joint ventures with people and have people interview. It's, it has nothing to do with it. Um, you have to go out there because I interviewed people. These people didn't know who I was right. um, when I was just getting started. This is three years ago, and, yeah. uh, you know, I was brand new. So, you know, it's encouraging also to see that there are people that are well-established that are really open to helping um, you and your business. Yeah, that's awesome. And you can easily see who the leaders are in the community as well. So to be able to then you know, hone in on them and ask them what they're doing right, you know, is a, right. a great way to, to jump on that. Um, right. Just like, I'm curious, um, Tom, you know, what do you think that you were doing right before you even started doing that expert series to find out from others what, what they were doing? Well, one of the first things I did, um, you know, when I, when I decided I wanted to touch on this topic, I picked up a book called um, Million Dollar Consulting by Alan yeah. Weiss. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a book on value-based fee setting, but but this book kind of encapsulated this top this idea, and he had so many you know great ideas there about just establishing your pricing based on value, and his work is is designed more for consultants uh, who consult to large corporations or or small businesses, uh, small to large businesses. But mm-hmm. but the concepts are universal. You know that's the thing with marketing. You know marketing basically is marketing. And yes, there are some nuances if you're looking to do direct marketing versus online marketing. But in terms of how you approach the conversation, how you you know kind of position products and whatnot, or yourself, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the same. Um, yeah. But so that was something I just kind of went into. It's like you know you have to focus on the value because no one no one cares. No one wakes up and says they want to hire a coach, or yeah. gee, I'd love to go to a chiropractor and have someone crack my back today, or go to an yeah. acupuncturist and have them stick needles in me. Um, what people want is they want some outcome, period, no matter what it is. So yeah. that's what you have to focus on in your business, whether you're selling a widget or service, doesn't matter. You have to focus on the value. And so many people, when you're coming out of corporate America, and maybe you were making $30, $40 an hour, whatever you were making, and then you're starting your own business, you're thinking, well, I guess that's all I can charge. And that yeah. has absolutely no bearing on what you should be charging. You should probably be charging a lot more because mm-hmm. you're also responsible for all of your uh, your debts, your you know anything that's going out the door to run your business, plus the time spent doing your marketing and getting people to come in. Yeah. You know you're not just suddenly handed clients. Yeah. So you know really get clear on 
on what you want to make. And uh, but always focus. Forget um, spending two hours a month with somebody. Focus on what are they getting from working with me. What what are the outcomes that they can expect? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary starting off because there are no guarantees. But one of my friends, uh, Suzanne Evans, says you're responsible to your clients, not for your clients. And I think mm-hmm. that's important for people to understand. Is that um, you know, to be frank, most people don't mm-hmm. use the information that they pay for. That's true. And that's just a fact. Uh, most people don't use it. So that's actually one reason to start getting your fees up a little bit is that you can, if you do make it a little painful for them, they're far more likely to use it, and they'll make that's the best use true. of it. Yeah, very true. That's a great point that you're making there. And I just want to reiterate something that you said earlier, Tom, which I think is really important is, is um, you know, any business owner uh, focusing on the outcome of what they can give their client that's that's tangible, you know, that they can get their, their wrap their, their head around and say, that's what I'm interpreting from what you're saying, that it's not just about saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell coaching, for example, which is fairly intangible. People really don't always get what they're going to get from that. So just to really have a sense of, of being really clear about what it is that you're you're selling to your audience and you know for them to have some clarity around what they're going to be getting from you um, very specifically is um, is pretty important that that's what I heard um, through the lines Tom I just want to check in with you there and, and yeah I mean I think that's a it's definitely I'm glad you kind of reiterate that for me because it's important for people to know you know if you're a coach or you're a consultant a trainer or whatever it is you're doing you're used to your lingo and your language and you get what you do um, most mm-hmm. of your clients they don't even know what a coach is yeah. when it comes down to it you know and, and some of them do of course but um, you could talk to someone until you're blue in the face about what coaching is and they're still not going to get it and they're not going to invest yeah. but when you yeah. talk to them and let them know what can happen how their life can change for the better and um, and then other areas that that will affect on a positive note. And then it, it's kind of, you know, well, coincidentally, coaching happens to be the way I help my clients achieve this. Um, and I can let you know more about what coaching is. But at that point, they're not as interested in the methodology as, as much as, okay, let me get some more of this. You know, I want to know what else I can do. You know, if I help like somebody double their income. It's a problem, isn't it? A, yeah. A solution to a problem. Yep. And it's always, like how you, you know, get there is irrelevant. That's right. And you have to go deeper with it, too, because it's not just, you know, losing the weight or getting a better relationship or making more money. Um, I mean, I can help someone make more money, but so what? That doesn't make someone's life better Um, unless they're clear on, okay, what are you going to do with that money? What does that do for you? Um, Does it help put your kids through college or save for a new home, get out of debt? That's what people are interested in. They're not interested in more money. just in itself, they're interested in what that can get them. Same thing with in, you know any of the, you know. So I, I think too often we're we're too focused, and I have to remind myself of this all the time too. Uh, mm-hmm. We're too focused on that kind of that first idea or topic, um, and that would be you know losing money, losing I mean making money, hopefully mm-hmm. losing weight, getting in a better relationship, doing you know all these things. But what does mm-hmm. that lead to? And that's what's most important. Right, kind of gets them to enroll in the process, doesn't it? Yeah, awesome. Uh, uh, this actually leads into something else I want to ask you as well, Tom. Because, well, first of all, I just want to—I um, I want to tie this into, you know, the, the rest of our audience, which is a lot of holistic practitioners as well. And a lot of them will say, "Okay, I'm a—I'm an acupuncturist or a massage therapist," but they don't take it that step further. They don't talk to their clients and say, 
this is an area that I'm an expert in or this is an area that I specialize in or this is, this is the outcome of what you're going to get if you come uh, for a massage once a month or you know, if you come and experience acupuncture. And I know that there are some great um, um, you know, uh, results that one can have, um, but they don't express themselves specifically in that way. They, they, they leave it up to us to, to guess. And I'm, I'm assuming that that would be a similar type of, of um, analogy, would you say, Tom, to what we've been talking about? Yeah, I mean, you know, saying that you're an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or a coach or a speaker is not all that sexy. You know, for some people no. saying you're a speaker, maybe that's kind of kind of cool and hip. But, you know, really it's not it's not going to get somebody, you know, like lining up to, to work with you. But, you know, if you just went into a story about, you know, well, what I do and you kind of go into, if you know, if you've had previous clients, um, mm-hmm. you could go into, okay, have, say you're an acupuncturist. Um, you know, I have a client that I worked with recently, just to give you an idea of what I do, and he had this chronic shoulder pain, and he'd been through, um, you know, seen several doctors, tried all sorts of, you know, ointments, creams, um, it was even considering surgery, and I was able to work with him, and in about three weeks, we were able to get rid of, you know, 90% of that pain, now we're still working on it, but he has, you know, more mobility, he's able to lift things, he can, you know, toss his kid up on his shoulder, or whatever, he's able to work better, uh, to function better at work, you know, th- that is going to get someone to kind of like, oh, really? Mm. And then, you know, th- that's at the point when you might say, and my, what I happen to do, I take needles and po- poke them in your body. And, <laughs> you know, then you can kind of get into the, the what you do, because uh, if you start off with that, then people, their eyes are just going to glaze over. You know? <laughs> well, they're um, going to run away in fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that would, you know, some people are just petrified of that. And you might have other ways, too. You know, you might say, well, I'm an acupuncturist, but, you know, now there are ways of uh, doing pressure points without having to take a needle and put it in someone's body. So, But someone might be assuming that, oh, you know, it's just needlework um, yeah. when there are other methodologies now that you could do. So, yeah. um, you know, really focus on that, that you, story. Yeah, I'm assuming also if you if you expound on the results that they could get for the acupuncture, then then the then the acupuncture itself will be, you know, they'll be able to um, reconcile the process um, with the process to get to the results rather right. than just focusing on the process itself. Yeah, that's right. Because let's face it, if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to have to start working out and eat better, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, one or the other at least. Hopefully both. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. these aren't things that are comfortable for people. It's when the person gets to the point where I don't care. I'm tired of having this weight on, or I've had a doctor tell me that if I don't lose weight, um, you know, I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, then you're going you're gonna to go ahead and do these things. And, and fortunately, you find out usually with these things, well, you feel better after you do it anyway. So um, you find out it's not so bad, and the same thing would be with you know, acupuncture. But, th- yeah, you're right. So if they're clear on, man, yeah, I've, I've had this pain in my back, and I don't care what you have to do to get rid of it. Just get rid of it mm-hmm. because nothing else has worked. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't want to be an addict to painkillers the rest of your life. So. Yeah, awesome. And this kind of leads to another um, uh, segue, um, Tom, that I wanted to ask you, which is, and I think a lot of um, people out there have resistance around this, um, is, is um, creating a niche. In, in your area of um, expertise. So, mm-hmm. so, for example, you were talking about a coach or an acupuncturist, um, you know, to pick a, sp- a certain um, target market. You know, what, what are your thoughts around that when it comes to charging fees and, 
and getting what you're you're getting what paid what you deserve you know how does that all fit in or, or is that irrelevant no i mean i think it is relevant and of course there's you know there you talk to 100 people you're going to get 100 answers but um mm. You know, the bottom line is that if you establish yourself as an expert in some area, you can charge more, period. Um, you're known for being that person. Now, that doesn't mean that you exclude anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of uh, – I, I was watching James Roche at, a, um, at an event one time talk, and James Roche is a, a great marketing coach, and, and he said, you know, it's your hook. That's that way that you get people to – you know, you get their attention. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that you leave them unsupported because they don't just fit right into that – that niche. Um, you know, some people would say, yeah, you, you do want to leave people out because if they're not your ideal client, then you're not going to enjoy working with them. But I'm not quite that extreme in, in what I do. But I do think that it's important, you know, that acupuncturist. If that acupuncturist goes out and says, you know, I work with people that have shoulder and back pain, and that's it, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, they will get more work. And they might think, yeah. no, but there's so many people out there that uh, that I could be working with. You'll get more people interested in you and not the other just generalist um, and that way you can charge more if you would like to or just make it easier getting clients coming in because now you know where they're hanging out you know you can find you can go to support groups online and find people that are in a discussion about back pain or shoulder pain Um, you know with social media you can zero right in on these things and start having conversations with people on specific topics now same thing with a coach if you have a specific area that you really feel comfortable working with your clients on um, take that and just get that out there. Again, that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you can do. You can have multiple niches at yeah. one time once you manage the kind of the marketing and how you get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can create a free report on a sp- very specific topic and drive people directly to that report by writing articles or blogging or social media or doing teleseminars, and that's one of your niches. And yeah. you can do the same thing over here. I mean, there are people that have you know, online marketers that do work in, you know, they sell products on, you know, dog training um, uh-huh. and golf swings. I mean, two uh-huh. completely unrelated topics. But they're able to get people that, hey, I know where these people are. So they can go right out there, grab someone's attention, send them over to their website, pick up some sort of freebie, get them involved in the conversation, and then, by the way, here's a product or here's a program that I have. So, and I know that's a little extreme, you know, it's a little extreme example for, you know, for a coach or something like that, but I don't want people to think that, well, if I pick a niche, and this seems to be the biggest obstacle, I think, when, you know, you can talk about it logically and explain why someone should pick a niche, and it's pretty obvious why. Um, You know, you can establish yourself as an expert very quickly. You can, you know, exactly where your market's hanging out. The problem is that emotionally, you know, you're getting out there, what you want is you want money in your business. And starting off, most people don't really care where it comes from. So you think that what you're doing is you're excluding the market. Like yes. you're you're eliminating all these people. The bottom line is you can't work with very many people anyway at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, realistically, there's there's only so much of you to go around. So yeah. um, as long as your niche is easy to find and is populated, you know, there are people there, um, and you know where to find them, then you should have no problem grabbing someone's attention, but don't feel like that's the only niche you're ever going to be in or niche. Right, right. absolutely. That, that makes sense. It's just, I, I'm assuming that there's going to be a process on how you manage creating more niches once you've, you've got one and how, how you manage your, your email list um, depending yeah. on, on those niches. 
Yeah, I mean, you can do all that. You can um, segment things out and all this, and I don't want to make people's head spin because it can be yeah. pretty convoluted at first. You know, it seems very complicated. It really isn't if you, yeah. like, saw it on paper, like a mind map of it. But, but yeah, I'm not going to get into that so much. Just understand that once you get a hang of how to market yourself um, in a specific niche, it's very easy to go and just do those same steps in another niche. Right. And you can have – that's where people get so – they get so attached to their website and think that that's it. Oh, my gosh, you know, my website, my, my domain name isn't perfect. Oh, my God, what do I do? Now someone told me I should have my, my personal name as my domain name. Now I'm going to scrap everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be that extreme. Um, no. You know, bottom line is most people don't ever return to your website anyway. So what you want to do is you want them to, you want them to sign up for something that you give them. Yeah. And then you follow up. That's yeah. the easiest way to market Awesome. Well, those are, those are some great insights, Tom. And you know, this information is um, is really valuable because you know for it, it's it's obvious to some and not necessarily obvious to others. So, mm-hmm. especially for those new um, business owners who are just stepping out and and really just exploring all of this. So, this is great that we're covering some of this. But I wanted to ask you, and this is something that I I I. Um, experience a lot with my clients is that they set their fees really low when they're when they're starting out in their business or even when they are in business and have been for a couple of years um, they have fees that I feel are, are quite low I just want to ask you do you think that setting fees too low can have an impact a negative impact on attracting clients yes absolutely um, you know there there's you know pers- there's the perceived reset or um, the per, uh, <laughs> God, I can't even say it now. <laughs> yeah, perceived value is what I'm looking for. How do you say the perception of there's perceived value, and and you know if your prices are really low and you're trying to say this is something that's going to help radically improve your life, um, no one's going to buy into it. You know, it's like well, there's got to be a catch somewhere, um, and that's not to say that you charge so much that. You know, people's eyes pop out of their heads. But there are some people that say, yeah, you know, I'm told I'm expensive. And then I tell them, all right, and when we're signing up, you know, they don't have a problem with that because they know that it, they deliver results. When you're just starting out, the problem is that, you know, you're, you're new. Um, yeah. If you're a coach, you're, you're not sure about the results that you get from people. But remember, again, that if somebody just kind of shows up and they don't do any work when they hang up the telephone because that's when the work happens yeah. – um, because they really didn't invest very much, then I can guarantee they're not going to get any results. And that's the problem when you're starting off with your business. You know, I remember when I started off to get my coaching certification, I had to do free coaching calls. And I felt like I was begging people, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. no one was doing anything, and I felt lousy about what I was doing. Yeah. Like, well, no one even wants a follow-up call. It's because they don't want it. Uh-huh. You know, they're a little interested at first, and then that, that's, that's it. Um, yeah. So... If somebody invests, though, in this process, they, they show up. You know, they're there. They're really they're fully committed and they're interested in, in progress. And yeah. they'll help you um, in, that, in that sense, you know, because they're going to make darn sure that they get the, the most out of it. Yeah, so it's an engagement from both sides. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of, you know, there's a little leap of faith uh, for people just starting out. But you have to understand that if you're, if you're just giving yourself away for free constantly, you're, I, I can promise you're probably not getting any results anyway. Um, and the bottom line is that you're not a charity. You're never going to stay in business if you continue to do that, and by doing that, what you do is you also start attracting a lot of the wrong kinds of clients. 
Um, right. A friend of mine one time said, you know, people like to take money and throw it at a problem. So when it's cheap or inexpensive, they will invest to say that, well, I tried, and they're really not trying. Um, they're doing that to appease someone that said, you know, you should get some help here. Or, um, they think this is it, but they're not really investing in the in a solution. Yeah. So when you start getting your fees up, you'll start attracting those people that are really serious. And, you know, people will forgive you. You don't have to know all the answers. Um, You know, I certainly don't know everything about marketing or about how to get your fees up. I I think this is an area that I'm very comfortable with, and I can Mm -hmm. help most people. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are people that know more about it than I do. That's fine. That doesn't mean that I give myself away for free. Yes. And you have this opportunity. You know, you can give – you can blog. You can write articles. You can do interviews. This is the type of work you can do so that people will find out. Do I want to work with this person? Do I want to know more about this person? Am I interested to at least uh, pick up the free report or um, you know, maybe do one coaching call with this person? Yeah. So there are ways for you to go out there and, and get yourself out there and help people uh, without having to charge them an arm and a leg per se. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when it comes to time for you to start setting your fees, you better set it somewhere where you're going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the issue, isn't it? Because then also... Um, you know, different things can can come out of the mix when you when you do set things. You know, your fees low. It can be resentment. It can end up. You know, you're not enjoying. You know, That's doing right. what you're doing because you know, you know, you're not. Um, there's that sense of being devalued. You know, what you're doing is is devalued. Um, That's right. By this this lack of an energy exchange, in a sense, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know what's funny too is you get people they start off and their their fees are really low and they think, oh my gosh, I'm not getting clients, I better lower my fees again. Uh-huh. Well, it's probably not your fees that is the reason that you're not getting clients. That that's, you know, there was someone uh, one day I heard uh, someone saying that okay, I've got an information product that's not selling, I've got a group coaching program that's not selling, so I'm going to start a membership program. Yeah, it's like that's just the wrong approach because there's something wrong in your marketing. Right. And by starting a new program or a new type of program, all you're going to do is market it the same way you've been marketing these other programs, and it's not going to sell either. That's right. not the problem. You have to get – and so the same thing happens. People look at it and say, oh, I'm not getting any clients. So I better lower my fees. That's not the problem. The problem is you're either getting in front of the wrong people with the wrong message or you're focusing too much on the process and not the value that you have to offer and the outcome. And, and mm-hmm. so – Take a, a really good look at your marketing first. And I know some people think, oh, marketing, I don't want to market. If you don't want to market, yeah. you're gonna, you're never going to stay in business. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. So find something yeah. in there that it's you enjoy doing. Wake- it's a rude awakening for many <laughs> it's, uh, and many of my audience, I think, when right. they get into what they're doing. But that's ultimately, right. you know, that's, it's almost like 70 or 80% of your business uh, activity, you're, isn't it, really? You're a business owner first and a, a practitioner second, period. Yeah. I don't care what yeah. you're doing, whether you're – um, whether you're a speaker, you know, if you're a, a paid speaker, yeah. you know how much time you have to spend getting yourself out there and marketing yourself, or if you're a coach. Um, and what happens is people get so wrapped up in product creation and, and all of this stuff, and they're not marketing. Yeah. And they wonder why they're not successful in their business. And it has nothing. And what's sad is that they might be a phenomenal coach or consultant or trainer, healer, yeah. whatever they their work might be fantastic. That's not where they're lacking. And when they're educating themselves, what they're doing is they're working on being a better practitioner, so they're getting more coaching training. When they really should start investing in marketing because you'll never improve faster than 
when you're working with somebody. Yeah. So when you're actually doing the hands-on work, that's where you're really going to get the improvement, period. That, that's yeah. the, by far the best yeah. best way to improve. And do you, do you think, uh, Tom, just from your own experience, uh, you know, or what you, you feel you offer yourself, you know, do you, what's your advice to someone who realizes that they need to get on the marketing train and they're not sure whether they should actually um, be learning how to market or be hiring someone to market? And if they were hiring someone, um, you know, or, or learning, you know, where, where do they go and what, you know, who do they speak to? Who, who are they going to be looking for specifically? Well, you know, the, the thing is, yeah, that's a really good question, and I'm, I don't think I have an answer that's just going to be cut and dry. Yeah. Um, the one thing to do is look at somebody else that, that is, appears to be successful, um, someone yeah. that you're seeing a lot, and if they resonate with you, like, think, like you go to their sales page, you know, I like the way the sales page is written, or I like the way this yeah. person is doing business. Um, yeah. Then one thing to do might, you know, take a really good look at kind of the inner workings of their business. Yeah. And that might be somebody, if that person does uh, mentor work mm-hmm. around marketing, that might be someone that you want to invest in. So make sure that somebody you resonate with. If you get just a, a really bad feeling about somebody, it's like, you know, I just something on my gut doesn't sit well with this. Um, yeah. It might not be that the person's bad. It's just that there's something about what they're doing you don't dig, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then don't invest in that person mm. and really start trying to focus on as few people as possible. There's so many people out there selling marketing, and, and I'm one. I you know, know. I, mean, I do a lot of marketing <laughs> training. Right? It can get yeah. overwhelming. But I tell yeah. people, listen, if you have two people that you're looking at investing in and they are yeah. completely different, they're on two different spectrums, it doesn't make one right or one wrong. Um, find the one that you resonate with the most and ignore the other one for a while. Right. And it doesn't mean, you know, just take them off your radar for a little bit. Set up a file. If you get their emails, you don't necessarily want to unsubscribe, but set up an email and get back to it in six months. See how this person works because what you'll do is you'll get one email one day that says do one thing, and the next email from this other person says do something completely different and is telling you not to do this other. Now you're confused and you're doing nothing. Hmm. And taking some action is better than taking no action. So so find some... that, That space of also when you're when you're opening yourself up to lots of people giving you different advice it almost becomes overwhelming as well and then nothing happens that's right and you might have asked this person you know if you find somebody that that uh, maybe is a successful coach um yeah. ask them where they got their marketing training yeah. and you know see if you can have a conversation with them and i, I promise most people would be thrilled to, to share that with you i don't care what level they're at um so, you know, they started out too, and, and people like to give advice and, and help other people. But one thing, too, is to realize that if you are a solo entrepreneur, if you're a coach, a consultant, a trainer, a speaker, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to have to do some of the marketing yourself. Right. And marketing isn't all bad. It can be a lot of fun. But yeah. you have to find those things that you do that, that sit well with you. Yeah. Um, what we're doing right now, this is marketing for me. This is what I consider marketing because I have the ability to get in front of people um, by just, first off, having a good time sharing information on a topic that I love to talk about. Yeah, and it really helps, doesn't it, when you love what yeah, you're talking about? <laughs> definitely. And I, I would recommend to everybody, yeah. you know, find that one area, you know, don't let someone tell you, you know, you have to go down this road and yeah. start sharing this with people. If you don't like sharing that, I promise you'll never be successful at it, or you probably won't. I shouldn't say never. Um, but yeah. you probably, you won't be as successful. Um, as if you, I used to take advice from people on that too. They'd say, "Oh no, Tom, you need to stick with this." I say, "Yeah, but I, but I like this over here." Mm-hmm. No, but too many people are doing that. Um, and I would listen to them. And now I say, "No, forget it." 
you know, you can still carve your niche. You can still, yeah. you know, put your footprint in there, uh, make it your own, and if you enjoy it, that is where marketing actually becomes fun because marketing yeah. should just be really um, kind of sharing the goods. Yeah. You know? Get and your message out there. You're doing something that other people are doing out there as well. The fact is that you're putting your unique stamp on it, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's so many different ways of doing it. And now, of course, social media is all the rave. And it, I mean, social media is very effective. Mm-hmm. But if you just get sick to your stomach thinking about even signing up for Facebook, um, mm-hmm. don't do it right now. Look at something else. Maybe you love to write. Then start yeah. blogging and article marketing. Um, you know, create free just reports picking, and drive people picking to Picking one it. thing. Picking one thing and doing it consistently. You have to do it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. awesome. Writing one article will never do you any good. If you're going to article, if you're going to be marketing your articles, you know, submitting them to Easy Articles or something like this, um, yeah. you have to do it consistently, yeah. or else you'll never see any really measurable results. Yeah, absolutely. I get a lot of feedback around that with uh, with the show, for example, and also with my work on 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 Facebook. And it's it's kind of well, you know, it's great that you're you're saying that that it all looks like it's going really well but it's it's actually taken a lot of work and persistence and consistency that's right and and that's what pays off in the end you know i didn't eat uh i did a video yesterday i'm launching a program uh next week called escape the one-on-one in the in the video i mentioned that you know when i started the first time i did a uh, teleseminar with somebody um i actually only had 12 people on my list five were family or friends yeah. one being myself <laughs> you know because i signed up for my own list you got to start somewhere. Right. So I didn't, you know, people think, oh, you just suddenly wake up one day and you have a list of 3,000, 4,000 people. It's like, no, it doesn't happen that way. Um, you have to build it, and you're going to be pissed off and frustrated sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, you just have to stick with it and realize that, yeah, these things can work if you're doing it consistently. But really try to focus on something that you like. If you're not familiar with something, I would jump in. You know, if you say, I don't know about this Facebook thing. Um, I promise Facebook can have huge payoffs if you enjoy yeah. it. So get in there and yeah. test it out. Um, yeah. If you have been in there and just absolutely hate it, then find something else. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. you like to speak. Maybe you like to. You know, there's so many different ways to. Definitely, to build something's going to resonate, isn't it? You know, if one of those things will resonate in some way. That's right. It might be that it's it's appealing to your creativity or. That's you right. Know, with, with writing and things like that, or maybe about speaking and getting out yep. there and talking to people. Well, I get tired and, of people saying, if you're not on Twitter, you're you're losing out. And it's like, well, I know personally a lot of very successful business owners who are not on Twitter. So um, <laughs> you don't have to be there. Yes, it's a great tool. And yeah. yes, if you if you know how to budget your time and, and only spend that 20 minutes a day instead of three hours a day, um, yeah. it can be effective. But, now, now, Tom, tell me, I saw that you had three um, Twitter addresses. Like what is going on here? I've got at least that. <laughs> you mean you got yeah. more than that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I used to have TJ Buford, and then um, I actually got my my password got uh, stolen, uh. and someone went in. And one day I go in, and I had a couple friends say, "Tom, I don't think this was you." And so I went in, and I did at Tom Buford, or T, it was TJ Buford, and I saw someone was like, "Look how I lost fifty two pounds." Um, oh my god. Linked to a product. Look how I just got into a new relationship. Linked to a, a dating service. So I got shut down by Twitter, and they never let me get back on. Oh, wow. So I lost three thousand something followers there. Oh, so then no. I started again with Tom with Tom Buford, which yes. I should have done in the first place. But um, I have nutritional, which is mm-hmm. uh, where I give nutritional advice. Yeah. Um, 
So case in point, you don't always have to, see, not everything I talk about is business related. I'm start, I'm going to start a blog on fitness and awesome. um, because it's something that I'm very interested in. My main yeah. focus is business because I love doing yeah. marketing and, and all this stuff. But yeah. um, you just Great. budget your time and you can you can manage it. Just learn one thing first. Yeah. You know, learn that first. Get comfortable with that because you'll spend you'll find that you can really scale back the amount of time that you spend. Yeah, by being more and, and it might be helpful just to enlighten our listeners as to why they might be wanting to. I mean, it's, you know, because I've been in business for a while, I, I know this the answer to this question, but I think that you would give some great insight into this. Um, you know, which is to just give some insight into why someone would be, be um, building an email list. Oh man, I mean, an email list to me is is like if you took my email list away from me, um, you would take. Uh, I'm not. I'm, well. Most of my income away overnight, right? (laughs) I mean, I would still know how now. I would still know how to go out pretty quickly and make money um, and build that list back up. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's – and that's why if you're on social media or something like this, get a free something, free report, uh, a list of resources that you've used related to your topic, your business, um, articles other people have written that you compiled, your favorite articles on this, even if you're just getting started – have something that people can come in and give their name and email address for and build that list. Because when I lost those 3,000 people on Twitter, a lot of yeah. them had already signed up for my newsletter. So I didn't yeah. lose all of those. Um, right. Unfortunately, I, I did lose the majority yeah. um, because Twitter, to me, I, I, it doesn't convert like Facebook. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, an email list is an incredible way to stay in touch with people. You have to make sure that you give valuable content. And that could just be... You know, starting off, someone says, I don't have any content. Um, mm. You can build content very quickly, but just start off with a weekly or biweekly uh, Q&A call. And yeah. I have a friend of mine, Connie Reagan Green. She's a great Internet marketer, and she has AskConnieAnything.com. Uh-huh. And it's just she'll do a call at least twice a month that's just call up and ask me anything you want about Internet marketing. Yeah. And that's it. So she fields questions. And if you don't have an answer, you say, I don't know. Uh-huh. I'll get back to you. But then you're building a database of questions that you know people want answers to. You can create right. products around that. So yeah. start with something, get something out there. But then you're, what you're doing is you're building a community and goodwill. And then those mm. people will start buying from you, I promise. Yeah. And that's the key, isn't it? Because when you, when you start to add, give value, um, you know, when someone gets your, your free report or whatever it is, they're just starting to get to know you. So it's about mm-hmm. giving that, that value through content maybe through a newsletter or through a call like Connie does yep and then they it's also a constant reminder that you're there and when they need you it'll be oh my gosh I, I need to call Tom yeah and, and if, if you're not emailing them they're going to forget about you so yeah, exactly. don't be don't be afraid to email people yeah and when someone comes to you you know once you know for a session whether whether you're a, you know a chiropractor or a coach or whatever it is you know, you need to keep up that contact with them continuously afterwards so that, you know, when the time comes again for them to, to um, use your services, then, uh, you know, they're going to be contacting you rather than anyone else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's a little different, you know, if you're doing an offline company, you're a chiropractor, you're an acupuncturist, you know, there's still information that you have that yeah. people would find valuable. Um, people yeah. probably want to know, hey, how do I stay out of your office? You know, how do I keep yeah, my exactly. back healthy? Um, <laughs> exactly. So, what are some diet nutrition ideas? Yeah. Some stretching exercises that you can just share in a PDF download or just an audio. What yeah. are some things you can do? 
And you can let people know, listen, if you'd like, I have a newsletter that comes out once a month, and it doesn't have to be a printed one. It could just be a digital. And some way to keep them in the loop. And that way, you are always top of mind. And you want to make sure when somebody needs, because not everyone needs you right now, but they're interested. They're kind of thinking about it. You know, maybe maybe this Tom guy has something for me later, but right now I'm not interested. But six months from now, because you're going to continue getting free information from me, and yeah. I'm certainly going to continue letting you know about products that I have to sell, then, yeah. you know, you might yeah. buy. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, you know, even if you're a holistic practitioner and you have a particular expertise like, you know, coming back to something like acupuncture or whatever, it doesn't stop you from being an expert in your field to share, you know, through speaking or through teleseminars or through writing little e-books that you can be Absolutely. selling as info products, things like that, you know, or, or the, the, the world is your oyster. It doesn't have to be just about an exchange for your time. That's right. Well, and that's yeah. where, you know, like Escape the One-on-One, that whole concept yes. came to mind for me is that it doesn't have to be, and it's not excluding the one-on-one completely, but right. to say that, you know, if that's all you do, you will, you will absolutely limit your income, period, and you'll limit yeah. the number of people that you can help. Because there are people that they just need information. They don't necessarily need the hands-on work right now. They need some information yeah. to move forward. Or they need yeah. to be educated to know, is this the right direction to go? And I think the hands-on practitioners, when they start embracing information marketing, mm-hmm. um, that really will set them apart from the competition. Absolutely. Because there's so few of them doing that. Yeah, and it establishes their expertise in their field as well when they start That's doing right. that kind of thing. Definitely. I mean, every yeah, and, and personal also trainer. Burnout. That's that? right. Absolutely. Yeah. Every personal trainer that has ever worked with a client should have an information product, yeah. something that you can sell so that somebody in Kansas can download it when you're living in California. Yeah. And it's you know the tricks of the trade to losing weight or to putting on muscle or to whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the other thing, Tom, is also I'm assuming that you'd probably be addressing this as well with your one-on-one um, uh, program is is uh, the whole idea of, you know, if you exchange your time for, if you're exchanging just your time for, for money, mm-hmm. then then there's a good chance that you're going to lose your enthusiasm for what it is that you're, you're doing because the effort involved, the... the um, you know the yeah the effort that that um, is involved can really burn you out. Yeah, you know I really enjoy working with private clients um, once in a while. I, yeah. I have to be honest. If you're doing um, it eight hours a day every day, it's I, oh. I I wouldn't I wouldn't do what I do if if <laughs> I had to do that. I I would just I couldn't do it. Um, right. It doesn't fit my personality, and. I would be so burnt out and I would be so – because when I'm talking to somebody one-on-one, I give so much. I'm totally invested in that person, I've, um, and I do it to, probably to a fault for myself, um, but I'm really concerned about their well-being, about being successful, and I absolutely – and then I hang up the phone and I'm still thinking, what what other resource could I give them to help them? Yeah. You know, so if I did that all the time, it just – it would drive me insane. Yeah. Um and I could never – and here's the thing is that I want to help as many people as I can, right? So mm-hmm. how can I help a vast number of people if I'm just doing one-on-one work? Because yeah. I'm limited, very limited. Um, yeah. It's almost your responsibility is to step out and do more in a sense beyond that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think if your goal is to really make the biggest impact possible, 
um, yeah. and to get out there in the biggest way, then you have to start thinking, okay, what can I do to scale this out? What can I do to create a program where I can at least, okay, maybe they have to be in front of me, but I can put 10 people in a room yeah. instead of just one person. Or maybe there's just some information that can be really helpful for people, and I just, I just talk into um, the telephone. You know, you can get a conference line for free, mm-hmm. have it record you talking. If you yeah. could talk for 45 minutes, you, that's a product, by the way. That doesn't have to be a freebie. Um, if you got that transcribed, that, that's a product that you can yeah. make money from. But just get that out of your head, and maybe that is your lead-in. Maybe that is your freebie. Maybe that's your free audio download that people can get, mm-hmm. and you add a, something to it. But you could also put a price on that, attach it to a shopping cart, and just as well sell it. But yeah. you know, do something. That, you know, what, what are the top questions? If you have clients, private clients, one-on-one clients, have them write down the three biggest questions that they have. Um, mm-hmm. Compile those questions and answer those questions and put it in a format that you can sell. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a great way to learn you know, what your clients really need as well. Definitely. definitely. You do it that way. Absolutely. Yep. This is so, such a big topic. <laughs> we could talk for hours on this. But I want to just come back to the whole idea of charging what you deserve. Sure. And I want to ask you, um, you know, what, are the, what are the main reasons you find that service professionals aren't charging what they deserve? Yeah, that this could be an hour right there. Um, <laughs> definitely. In fact, I made the mistake one time. I gave a presentation here in Atlanta a few months back, and I saw, I led the the and I I told myself I wasn't going to do this. You know, um, I led. I started off with asking people what, why aren't you charging what you deserve? I got a, every person had a hand up, yeah. and I went through almost the entire room. Um, it was a small, fortunately, it was a small group. It was only like twenty or thirty people. So, mm-hmm. um, I think I got through at least half of them. And I had a different answer every time. Wow. And I ate up so much time. I'm like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> I was completely wow. lost track of time because every one I had something to say. Yeah. Um, so I responded to every single one of them. Of Well, but why? But here's one of the big ones. I think people mm-hmm. – and this doesn't matter whether you're just starting off or you've been in business for three years. We're always looking yeah. at other people that are a little higher than us in business in our area. So yeah. we think that we're not an expert, and we forget just how much we've learned. Right. And you need to realize that if you are a dating coach, you might look at somebody as a mentor who's been doing this for 20 years and you've been doing it for six months. But you have learned enough and you've done enough and done your due diligence and, quite frankly, just having that accountability and just some personal experience because you might have had 15 years of bad relationships and finally figured out how to get out of them. Uh-huh. So you're more of an expert than that person that has 20 years of academic experience. But right. So you – you know, the main one of the main things is that you need more experience or more education, and mm-hmm. I say to that, absolutely not, because first off, you're never going to stop learning, right? Yeah. So, at what point do you say, well, I've learned enough to finally get my fees up where I can run a profitable business? Mm-hmm. Um, you are an expert in the eyes of your ideal marketplace. So, in other words, um, people that need your help, and you know, somebody signs up for a newsletter on a topic. Um, of you know on your topic, yes. that means they need to learn more about that, and you are probably an instant expert in their eyes. Uh-huh. So I don't think that there's any more time that people need to spend if you've gone through certi- certification for coaching. And frankly, you don't even need coaching certification. I've never had anyone ask me um, if I'm certified as a coach. Yes. And frankly, as a quote unquote coach, I don't think I'm very good. And I have certification. There are people that I know that don't have certification that are 
far better coaches than I am. Um, yeah. I think I'm a good trainer and educator. Uh-huh. I think that's where my strength is. Yes. So I'm, I, I consider myself more of a mentor than a coach. Yes. Um, I do have that experience, so I can fall back on it. Mm. But see how much I love to talk? You know, a good coach doesn't talk this much. <laughs> that's, that's not a good trait of a, of a, of a good coach. <laughs> definitely not. So, well, you're in a different situation here, Tom. We, we want yeah, to I understand. Talk. I understand. But don't think that because we hang up the phone, it stops. <laughs> Ask my wife. It's like, oh, gosh, you know. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop. It, it's just my personality. It's the way I'm wired. So I, I realized very quickly that, you know, I am better served training and sharing information. That's what I love to do anyways. I come yeah. from a family of teachers, and, and I just enjoy doing okay. that. So. Mm-hmm. So, but at any rate, so you don't have to have the certification. You don't have to have this this next, uh, you know, ICF whatever yes. master certification. And I do hear a lot of coaches saying, I, you know, I'm building my training. Uh, you know, once I start coaching after my training, you know, it's kind of, you know, no, you you have you have expertise now. You have there's something about you that got you into coaching in the first place. Right. That's going to give you you know, the the edge over someone else who hasn't, you know, so just get out there and get going. You know, the key to good coaching is doing as little as possible. And I, I don't yeah. mean that in, in any sort of sarcastic way. That, but no, the more you, you talk and tell someone mm-hmm. what to do, the less coaching you're doing. Yeah. And that's why I understood yeah. quickly that I'm not, it, it's not, I'm not wired to be a quote-unquote coach. Yeah. Um, that's why I couldn't coach all the time. I, I, I think that I'm a good coach, but I, I couldn't coach, you know, eight hours a day. I don't think any coach can yeah. anyway, yeah, effectively. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't do it full time because I think that I do have a strength in, in teaching and training like you do, Tom, as well. So, you know, I have to have, you know, a certain amount of time where I would be able to do my best as a coach in, in the coaching role, yep. you know, to give my best and then to, you know, to come away from that and do something else that I, I right. fell in as well. So that's well, a bit of awareness. Know, yeah. If I'm having a you know training call with somebody and they ask some questions, I might see that okay, this is a time to put the coaching hat on, and I I know when to turn it on and turn it off. I mean, yeah. I, I do say some, you know, I, I joke a little bit about it, but um, but I do know yeah. when to turn it off and say okay, it's time for me to ask some questions here and and see where this goes. Yeah. But no, it's an awesome uh, uh, feather in your cap, or you know, um, just because. You know, it's it's like like a like a business executive who goes out and gets a coaching, does a coaching course. It's really going to enhance his opportunities to build his business and communicate with his staff. And I think that's like with that's any right. of us as well, that we can incorporate that when the moment is right as well. You know, with the, with our clients. Yes. Um, it just brings out the best in them when when the time is right. Yes. Well, and you know that that brings up. Um, you know, again, I, I mentioned earlier the best way to improve at any business is to get out there and work with clients. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it really is. And you know, some things, of course, you need training. If you're doing something along the technical lines, something like that, or um, you know, there, I'm not saying that you don't get training and that you don't. Again, you're always educating yourself. You know, we're always yeah, learning. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I just plucked down two thousand dollars to be part of Jeff Walker's uh, product launch formula, so I can learn how to better market my business and then help my clients with marketing. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to learn a lot from that. And But that doesn't mean that I put my business on hold and I don't help people with what I currently know. Yes, exactly. 
so you use the expertise that you have. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Saying, Tom, yeah. Use the expertise that you have at whatever level it is. Yes, and realize that you are an expert to somebody. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are definitely an expert to someone, exactly. and especially a coach. Tom, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting, Tom, because a lot of my clients actually, I find that there's this like, um, it's like this the circle um, where they've come from a different industry. And they come out of that industry and go into something completely different. And then it comes full circle because what happens is they throw the baby up with the bathwater when they yep. come out of their first industry. And then when they go into their second um, career, they suddenly start to, you know, eventually start to incorporate some of the skills and expertise and, and see the value in what they accrued, you know, the expertise they actually accrued in their previous role. And then they can they can meld the two. And it's quite amazing and exciting when they come to that awareness, you know, that that not yeah. everything is bad, you know, when you've had a, a when you've been burned perhaps in a previous experience, uh, business experience. That, That's right. You know, there are some, um, you, you have walked away with some great experience and wisdom, you know, that well, you can incorporate in another life. Yeah, I mean, remember that uh, <laughs> your mess is your message oftentimes. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things that you've gone, you know, it's one thing uh, I like, people to go through when when I walk people through my charge you deserve home study system or if they pick it up part of part of that uh, the work in there is to write a value inventory and that's to write everything that you've got that you can think of that you bring to the table but don't mm-hmm. keep you know don't exclude the things that have been kind of negative things in your life because those are probably the things you've learned the most from and imagine yeah. if you could help somebody you know you could help prevent somebody from walking down that exact same path um, or help them come out of it on the other side like you did yeah. So that right there is of incredible value. It, it's yeah. amazing. You can't take away your life experiences. That, and there's no amount of education. There's no um, degree. There's nothing that can that can give that to you. Absolutely, absolutely. So why are software service professionals not charging what they deserve, Tom? Why aren't they charging what they deserve? Mm. You know, the oh, one wow. thing I. I is, was that the question? Is why? Yeah, yeah. Why else are they not charging what they deserve? Yeah, that was just one point, right? We spent about ten minutes on that one point. <laughs> I told you I could go on and on with this. Yeah, there's uh, another biggie. Okay, so I, I covered the lack of education. You know that thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, remember you've got plenty of experience, so just tap into that. Yes. Get up there. Yes. Um, another thing is, is, yeah, and here's a funny thing. So, say somebody lost a lot of weight. And yeah. they're suddenly feeling really good about themselves. They kind of have it. They figured it out. Okay, I know how my body works. I know that I need to exercise. I know I need to eat better. Suddenly, they, they don't value a weight loss program or something like that as much as they did before uh-huh. because they already have it, right? So they're not going to go out and spend $1,000 to lose weight now. Right. So they lose sight of the value that they have to offer. So the point is that don't assume to know your, your clients uh, budget or priorities because you often lose sight. You know, you've gone through that and maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but for a lot of people, um, you're getting into what you're doing because you've gone through an experience. So maybe you're a relationship coach and you're like, you know, I went through 10 bad ones, found a good one. I know the difference between the two now and I want to help people with this. Um, but because you've already kind of gone through that, you're not looking at it through the eyes of your client. So you have to be sure that you kind of back up and, and look at it from that perspective if you can. And but you know never 
try to consider your own priority and budget. A lot of people starting off, maybe you're a coach, because I know there's a lot of coaches, so we're talking to that right now. Um, maybe you went through a divorce, and yeah. you're struggling a little bit financially, okay? And you're trying for the first time to get your own business going. Yeah. So money's not real solid right now. Uh-huh. So you're assuming that everyone else out there is struggling. And it's yeah. just a natural Isn't thing to do. Isn't that interesting? We all, we equate, we, 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 do this. we immediately think that everyone else is in the same boat as us. That's right. And people might yeah. be saying, well, no, Tom, I don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I've done it. You know, I mean, I know. When I, if, if I'm going through, if I'm in a bad mood, that affects the way I'm considering how I price things, how I put things out there. Uh, one piece of advice, if you're ever writing your own sales copy, like a sales letter or something, don't ever do it if you're in a bad mood. Um, get yourself in a good mood, walk away from it, come back the next day, even if you're going to miss a deadline, because you're going to write some crap copy, yeah. <laughs> to put it so bluntly. But, you know, your mood affects the way you approach things. So, yeah, the, same the, energy, thing, if the energy that you have uh, is being put onto the paper. That's right. That's right. And I've done it before where I've written something, I come back the next day, and I'm like, what did I write? And I realize, I'm like, you know, I was in a really bad mood. Yes, I must have been. I mean, look at this. This is not... Um, so I have to scrap the whole thing, you know, and um, so, you know, just be really careful about that. But but remember that, you know, when you're setting your prices, there are plenty of people out there that have money that, that are ready to invest and that if they have to come up with it, they will because they're ready. Um, they're sick and I, I say there are two types of clients, those that are sick and tired and then those are sick, that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the latter, those are the ones that are ready to invest. Right. And those will be your favorite clients because – they're going to do everything they can to make it work. Yeah. Because they're just, they're done. They're, I don't care. Um, you know, imagine being a, a fitness coach or consultant. Yeah. And you work with somebody three hours a month and they don't do anything you tell them. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. a terrible experience. It, it drains your energy. It's frustrating. Absolutely. It's that's not who you want to hire. And yeah. those are the people you hire when you're at the bottom, kind of at the starting level of your. your well, they're also not accountable either. So, That's right. You know, exactly. Then, yeah, yeah. Yep. It just doesn't so. work. Yeah. So, um, Tom, I know that a lot of a lot of um, practitioners and coaches out there find it very hard to raise their fees. Just just to raise their fees. What? Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I think one of the problems is that they, if your fees have been really low and you just you know you got out, maybe you've been doing this for a year and you're not attracting the ideal clients, you're not. Uh, getting enough clients, it's mm-hmm. counterintuitive to think that if you raise your prices, you'll actually attract more of your ideal clients. This is really hard to understand, yeah. and it takes a leap of faith. Um, that's the one thing. Remember I, when I was talking about the interview series that I did with people? The yeah. one common thread that I think I heard most often from mm-hmm. all of these people is that when I raised my fees, don't ask me how it happened, mm-hmm. but I started getting better clients, yeah. They were referring me to other people because guess what? They're using it, right? Now they're excited about it. People love to brag when they pay all kinds of money for something. So if they invest <laughs> heavily in a coach, they're going to tell everybody about it. Oh, I've got this coach, and I pay X number of dollars for it. You know, They're not shy yeah. about it. Yeah. And so they're going to tell everyone, oh, really? How can I find someone like that? Mm-hmm. Well, here's, here's her number. So, and that, that was one of the things that I found, and it's just this crazy thing. It's the way the human mind is wired. Kind of like a special thing of value. value um, you know, there's this, this um, value, uh, uh, I don't know. Perceived value. Yeah, perceived value. That, exactly. That's the one I was having trouble with earlier. Exactly. <laughs> it's a cheap <laughs> word today. I don't get it. All right. 
Everyone has to say perceived value five times fast. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Hmm. There's definitely a perceived value. I mean, you know, yeah. let's face it. If you go out, I could have a Rolls Royce. I could drive up and I could say, uh, you know, Louise, I've got this Rolls Royce for you. I, I just want to, I, I just need 200 bucks for it. You're going to think, yeah. what? is this? It must be hot. You know, this thing has to be stolen. Yeah, or it has to be a piece It's not of really a Rolls Royce. What did he do? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're just, you're never going to convince somebody. It's kind of an extreme example, but it's the way we think. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's we like think. It's like kind of so, staring a gift, gift horse in the mouth and yep. not taking advantage of it because it yep. seems too good to be true. And sadly, a lot of coaches out there have the role. They are the Rolls Royce. You know, they I have, know. they have that ability to help people. And you're frustrated because, man, I'm not getting the clients. That they're not doing anything. I'm not getting the right yeah. kind of clients. Um, yeah. You think that, well, I'm gonna have to just cut my fees in half. The economy's slow. Come on. Yeah. How many clients do you need? This economy does not affect you getting ten clients. Yeah. It, it has no effect on that. Um, it's you just have to get out there. You have to market yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So how do they how do they overcome the fear of of putting their fees up? Tom, I mean, this is this is. That's a key piece here. Yeah. I think so many people are in resistance to this. I think one of the things is, again, go back to the value. What do you offer the marketplace? And forget about the number of minutes or hours or days that you spend with your clients um, because that, at the end of the day, really, it means absolutely nothing. Um, it's what can they accomplish by working with you and, and what's going to happen to them if they don't. Yeah. And what is that going to mean to them? So and and also realize that there are a million fish in the sea and that you can raise your fees to a comfortable place. And you know, it's not always about raising your fees. I, I shouldn't and I, I like to try to make that clear. You know, sometimes people think, Oh, yeah. charge what you deserve, that means I have to double my fees. It doesn't. It means getting comfortable with the fee that you're happy with. That's the main thing, that's the underlying thing. Get comfortable with the fee that you're happy with because that's the way to have a fun, successful business. I think um, part of that is also getting clear on what your value you're providing. And I think that's yes. part of the issue that a lot of uh, coaches and practitioners find hard to own is how much value they are actually providing. Um, yeah, yeah and that's so right. there's some work to be done there with a coach probably as well. <laughs> I think especially with coaches because it yeah. is kind of uh, nebulous, I guess, be the word. It, you know, if, if you can help somebody... Okay, listen, I've got a system. If you put the system in place, you're going to make $10,000 a month. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cut and dry. Um, but when you're talking about coaching, there's this intangible. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. But it, that's where if you start focusing on a specific group of people and you, you do create that, that niche, that expertise, you'll find that you get really, really clear very quickly on what it is that you do offer and the value that you do bring. And Get it from them, too. Um, if you have a list at all, you know, survey some people. What has coaching done for, for you in the past? Or if you're on social media or you're involved in forums or blogs, okay. um, because you're right. I, I think the most successful coaches that I know personally are people that have experienced it and really have seen the value, and they just think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And if you have experienced coaching, um, yeah. go back to that. Go back to the point before you had coaching. Okay. And now, flat, you know, fast forward to today, and what are some of the things that coaching did for you? Or whatever your methodology is, whatever it is, yeah. um, whatever your practice is. So what, what is that? And, you know, you can start there and, you know, just make a laundry list of things. What are things that, you know, what's this going to help people with? Just, you know, just the accountability. Um, you know, everyone knows how to lose weight. You know, you eat better and you exercise more. Yeah. I mean, there's some debate as to what type of exercise is best and what diet's best, but... 
Um, but by and large, everyone knows how to do it. It's that they don't do it consistently. Yeah. And so when you pay a coach, well, that accountability now, it's like, well, I'm investing $500 a month. I better not eat this thing. Um, <laughs> better put that donut down. I mean, you know, you, you start thinking like that because now you're invested. So that yeah. accountability alone from, from a coach's perspective is huge. And yeah. that, I think, is really, honestly, I think the co- I think that that is one of the most valuable pieces that a coach has to offer. And it is intangible. It's so intangible that it's hard for people to get kind of say, okay, this is what I offer. Um, yeah. But don't undervalue that fact, you know, that yeah. piece of it, because that that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, um, and, and just, you know, working with a coach will help you to define what your value is as well. So you can go out there and confidently um, uh, ask for what you deserve as well. Yes. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And we just got a comment over the blog too from uh, Sunny J. It says, yes, plus people will apply themselves more diligently when paying more. I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, exactly. And here's an example. If I have two books and I sell you this, it, I sell you two books. They have two different covers, but they're the same size and everything. And I, you paid $10 for one, $50, just, let's say $100 for the second. Um, both of them say they're going to do the same thing for you. Which book are you going to open up first? The one you paid $10 for or the one you paid 100 for? 100 Of course. Why? Of course. You know, because cause I paid more for the thing. <laughs> they could be the value. exact same book. You know, it could be the same book with a different binder and different price tag. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But there's no – it's the same thing with your coaching. And I do – again, I, I do believe in giving things away for free. I don't believe in giving your time one-on-one for free. If you're going to give yourself away for free, make sure that it's leveraged. Doing yeah. teleseminars, writing articles—you know—that's just part of it. You have to, you have to invest yeah. time in your business. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. Uh, giving a speech, getting in front of your ideal audience, and, and talking—even if it's 20 people, um, yeah. even if you don't consider yourself a good speaker, so what? Yeah. They don't want to see you fail. Just get up there and share your information. Yeah. Find yeah. groups, get out there. So. Absolutely. So, um, Tom, do you have any tips about how um, our listeners could communicate their fees with confidence? Yeah, number one is, uh, it, you know, it's like muscle memory. Say it over and over and over and over. And I, I really mean that because it's kind of funny. We write, and I did this when I started off. You know, I, I had a fee in my head. Um, and then when it came to actually saying it, I couldn't even hardly get it out of my mouth. And I was right. so nervous that I wouldn't even say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so say it. Get, just get it out of your mouth and you'll find actually, and I did this exercise. This is what kind of brought this into my program and I started doing this with a friend. I would just say it, say it, say it. I was having a conversation. We were going for a walk. And I was just going over my business, kind of talking about my fees, what I was charging. And by the time we were just, just done with that, you know, say, one-hour walk, um, I was more comfortable with that fee. Now, obviously, I wasn't talking to a client. But just yeah. getting it out, because you'll find even when you say it, right, you're yeah. kind of putting yourself in that situation. Um, you get a little nervous. Even though it's not your client, you're thinking, oh, man, I can't charge that. But then after you say it a few times, you realize that's not so bad. Mm. So, And I heard someone one time say it's, it's like saying, hand me the salt, hand me the pepper, here's what I charge. Or here's yeah. the salt, here's the pepper, this is what I charge. So just get very comfortable with it. Say it over and over and, and stick yeah, it to it. Your timbre of your voice, the tone, that, that shouldn't change. It should just be an extension of the conversation. Yeah. It's not a question. When yeah. someone asks, it's not when like, they ask you what you charge, your response is not a question. Yeah, exactly. It, there's no question mark at the end. It's not like you're having a conversation about you know how you can help them, and, a, and then a different conversation in, in enrolling them. It's the same conversation. It's all right. a conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
And another thing is don't jump into the fee too early. So if somebody just starts off, oh, you're a coach, how much do you charge? Don't tell mm-hmm. them. So you know what I have? And this is why I always recommend you have at least two options because then you're not – I don't want to tell someone, hey, lie to them and say that you can't tell them. But you can honestly say, you know, I have a couple different options. Um, so I'd like to ask you a few questions before I answer that because it depends. And if they press, then you could say, well, any, anywhere from a dollar to a million dollars. I don't know. You can be kind of joke around with them a little bit. So – but, you know, you can, most people will say, okay, you know, what do you want to know? Uh, but then you can kind of get into what is it that they want, what are they looking for. And yeah. if you do have different options, because, you know, maybe somebody just needs one call with you a month, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And they need some email support, and you have a, a report or something. You know, I, I like to package things. Yeah. So instead of just saying, well, I have three calls a month, and that's it, yeah. um, you should have those three calls a month plus what are those other items that, you know, not just your time, but maybe there's some email support, and that usually won't take very long. Um, Maybe you have, you can bundle a digital product. Maybe it's a couple audios that you've done that are helpful. Mm -hmm. And those are only, those are set aside for your private clients. Right. And so now that, now it's a package, so now they get this whole thing. And maybe if you have group coaching programs, things like that, you can say, and you get, you know, as long as you're a private client, you you always have a free seat at any one of my group events. Mm. So now it's not just, Oh man, you charge 200 an hour. It's like no, I charge 700 for my package, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Nice. So, but when you create those packages, you can ask somebody I mean, and honestly get in that conversation. Well, what are you interested in? What are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? And you know, hey, I own some people. I would put right into my my uh, platinum program, but I really think that you're you're further along, and I think that the silver would be great. Yeah, and it's and being authentic about, about it, that, isn't it? That is. Yeah, I mean, if you can just, if that's a natural, um, you know, uh, opinion that you have around, you know, what would best fit for them, yes. um, you know, then, then it, it'll make complete sense when you're saying it in that conversation rather than feeling like that person's being sold to. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, and if you're a coach right now and you only have one offer, you know, you're the, the typical kind of mm-hmm. four calls a month, 45 minutes, or, you yes. know, three calls a month. Now, it's kind of changed to three calls a month, one week off kind of thing to give the coaches a break. But um, sit down with that and then create one more package. And you can either – there's a couple different ways you can do it. And don't have to get a long, long conversation about this, but you could create a two-call a month plus your, you know, your other little bits of the package. Or you can also package months instead of just one month. And you should always be looking to get people in for at least three months, really, because yeah. how much are they going to really get done in a month? Um, yeah. I know, I'm having not. that conversation with someone at the moment who wants to just sign up for a month, and it's, you know, it's one of my policies not to do that um, yeah. because they just don't get the benefits. Yeah, most people aren't going to see much of anything in one month, um, no matter yeah. what it is you're doing. And it actually reflects on you as well. Because, it definitely you know, does. It, yeah. Absolutely. And then they'll close the door. You know, at the end of that yeah. month, if they don't see the results, they're, ne- they're probably never going to come back to you, even if they really think, man, that was great information, but I just didn't see the results. Yeah. So if, but if you say, listen, you, you know, to sign on with me, it's, it's three months, and that, that's yeah. the minimum. Um, yeah, and hold your ground. It, it's, it's better exactly. for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, um, Tom, about uh, some action steps that people can take. But before we do that, shall we share your... your um, little offering that you had shared with me that you wanted to to um, put out to the audience today. Of course. That would um, be wonderful. Well, thank you for letting me too. So <laughs> I have a uh, Charge What You Deserve Home Study System, and 
there's two ways of getting it. You can either get the binder or you can get uh, – I actually created a price that's kind of where you, you really – there's no way you're going to get the binder. <laughs> Except you can, you can make payments on the binder. But, um, but it's a great program. It, it actually walks you through you know, a lot of what we covered, but it goes into much, much, much more detail. Yeah. So it's uh, – you know, the bonuses alone are, are really cool because I, I help you with creating a niche, finding a niche, where are, you know, where's your marketplace hanging out, how to approach awesome. them. Um, that's one of the bonus audios plus the transcription. And then the other is 26 ways to get traffic to your business. So wow. I talk about ways, and, and of course, I never recommend that you do all 26. You pick three, yeah. maybe four things. You know, earlier we were talking about marketing, and yeah. it really is just um, you, you know, getting your business out there, just awareness activities, what I like to call yeah. them. So yeah. there are 26 awareness activities to get uh, traffic to your business or your website. Mm-hmm. And that, those are just the bonuses. The home study system, I go into uh, 11 different ways to position yourself as an expert, uh, ways to communicate your fees with confidence, um, ways to establish value, how to package your prices, what to do if you're raising prices with, uh, uh, with current clients. That's always a big question. I've got clients and I want to move my fees up. Now what do I do? So right. I go into that. Um, little details about value-based fee setting, You know how to really focus on that, and, and a lot of other information. You can go to louise.chargewhatyoudeserve.com and get all the details there. I'm not going to go into you know 10-minute uh, sales pitch here. But I yeah. do recommend there's there's three options. Yeah. Um, and the third option is, is one that I would recommend because it's the uh, going green, and that is the digital download. It's all of the same information, every every minute and every word. But you'll get it immediately, and uh, it saves quite a bit of money. Yeah. So, awesome. And you know, with anything, 30-day money-back guarantee, even on the digital, if you read it, you go through it, you don't like it, let me know. Um, yeah. Give your money back. But yeah. So that's the best Wonderful. way to start with me. You know, that's really the best program. I recommend people do that before they ever even consider working with me and uh, as a coach. Um, yeah. Because if you haven't gone through this stuff yet, it's going to be just a lot more expensive for you to do it with me one-on-one. Yeah. And I want to see the people go through this material first. So. Yeah, and you're going to have to go through that anyway. So... That's right. that and then and then um, use your expertise when you're implementing it or haven't. Absolutely. It. Yeah, that makes so much sense, actually, um, Tom. So. Well, it lays down the ground. You know, it's it, it's a lot easier when someone's already familiar with you and what you're doing, and then you have a conversation, and they already kind of get yeah. you. And again, you know, someone might go through it and say, "Yeah, this is good information, but I this isn't who I want to hire as a coach," and that's fine. Right. Um, right. And it's not all about hiring as a coach. I'm just saying um, because I actually do very little private work yeah. but you know it, it gives you an idea taste whether you want to invest in another program down the road or just but yeah. it's a great starting point I've had people um, I've gotten so many emails from people saying that they've been able to add 50% to 100% to their fees or just get out wow. there and start approaching their clients much more confidently by going through yeah. this work just Wonderful. Some, some good basics a lot of action yeah. steps to take so and I would imagine that you know if someone goes through something like that then also, if they work with you one-on-one afterwards, then you start to tweak it and customize it according to their needs. Oh, yeah, but that's great because then they go back in. They're like, oh, yeah, you said here. And I'm like, yep, okay, so let's go with that. You know I mean? It, it yeah. just makes it can really, really laser in. Yeah, um, awesome. Another thing people could think about, too, is that you know a coaching call doesn't always have to be 60 minutes. Um, if you can cut to the chase and help somebody out in 20 minutes, I recommend yeah. you get them off the phone and get them moving. Yeah. Why continue that conversation? Because what happens is you tend to kind of uh, throw too much out of them and create that overwhelm. Yeah. And they get off the yeah. phone, and they're usually focused on what you finished the call with. Yes. Yeah. But, but if the main topic – Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
So sometimes it's my... trying to be doing too much. You know, you're, you're... Yes, absolutely. I keep my sessions to 30 minutes or 45 minutes, one or the other. Yeah, it's I think that's great. I think, yeah. you know, a first meeting with somebody, I think it's okay to go over because you're you yes. know, probably 15 minutes is just you looking at their website or talking to them exactly. about Exactly. Oh, no, I would, I would spend a bit more time definitely yeah. in the first one. And when I start... Speaking, when I start the, um, the engagement with the client, we normally have an hour induction um, process as well, just to so get yeah. really familiar with what the issues and what they want to be working on. That's but right. Let's not digress here. So that sounds like a wonderful um, opportunity. So just repeat that address again, Tom. You got it. To go there and find the home study course. Yeah, go to Louise. Dot. Charge what you deserve. Dot com. Also. L O U I S E dot charge what you deserve dot com. Don't put a, a www in front. That won't. That'll get you okay. to a, a bad page. So just okay. uh, just type in Louise dot charge what you deserve dot com. That will get you there. And if you have any questions, um, just email Tom at charge what you deserve dot com. Wonderful. So let's jump let's jump into those action steps um, that you recommend, Tom. We've got uh, a few minutes left. Uh, I'm hoping we can cover a couple of those. Sure. You know, and, and this is, again, this is kind of one of those universal things, and some people might say, oh, you know, I've, some of this I've heard before, but uh, I challenge people to, you know, okay, if you've heard it, are you applying it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing is not complicated, but it's not always easy for people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the problems is that you're putting yourself out there, and especially when you're doing coaching or training or consulting or speaking. It's very personal. And um, we don't want to be told no. We don't want people to not like us. Um, and you know what? It doesn't necessarily go away. You just finally get used to the fact that, you know what, I'm just going to get it out there because I have helped people and I know my work will, will help people. So really, you, just, you have to get it out there. But the first thing to do is always get clear on who your marketplace is until you know who your marketplace is, who your ideal clients are, yeah. and what it is that they want. And don't assume that you know this. Um, mm-hmm. You have to find out what they want. When you do that, it makes everything else that follows up so much easier. Mm. So if you're just getting started, get involved in forums or blogs uh, where your ideal clients are hanging out. And I don't care how obscure your market is, they're out there. Um, they're hanging out on Yahoo groups, Google groups, and you can go to groups.google.com, groups.yahoo.com. Mm. You can go to Facebook and search for groups on Facebook. There's almost every conceivable group you can think of there. Um, Do a search.twitter.com and find people that are having conversations on specific topics. Um, You can put keywords in there. So get in front of your marketplace. If you have a list, if you have a community, um, Mm -hmm. go to surveymonkey.com and put together a free survey and ask them what they want. So again, don't assume to know what they need. Um, people yeah. buy what they want, not what they need. You can deliver what they need along with the product or program, but people buy what they want. People buy yeah, emotion. I think that's a lot of mis- a big mistake that a lot of uh, uh, business owners that they make is that they assume that they know what their their potential clients need um, or want. Um, I'm reminded um, every time I put out a survey because I still put out there as one of the questions, "What do you need right now?" And I just put a survey out uh, last week, um, and one of the questions is always uh, setting fees. You know how to how to set my fees, my prices, mm-hmm. because that's kind of my piece, mm-hmm. and inevitably that comes in as the very lowest response every single time. Hmm. Um, number one, always getting more clients, making more money. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't assume to know what they want. Um, and then, you know, so ask them, get involved in conversations. What are people talking about? And then really get to the core of it. Yeah. So you find out what, you know, who your market is, where they're hanging out, and start educating them. Start sharing information. Be a leader to those people. Um, yeah. Be somebody that they can turn to for information. That's where social media is so great. Uh, one of the problems people that marketers have on social media is that mm-hmm. they try to blast offers in people's faces. And yeah. social media is a slower process. That's where people that are not as keen on marketing mm-hmm. can do so well with social media because yeah. social media is a place to give. And yeah. what you do then is you it's offer, hey, I've, it? it's building relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's also a great place to find other circles of influence or people who are already serving your market. So. Um, and, and I talk about that, you know, any of my programs, if you work with me, you're going to find out that I'm going to highly recommend that you try to f- do joint venture partnerships with people. Mm-hmm. Find people that have yeah. already done the legwork, that already have a list, and see if they'll do a call with you, like we're doing yeah. here. But yeah. um, you have to be proactive starting. You know, it gets to a point yeah. where people will start seeing your name and, and will ask you, but initially no one's going to come beating your doors down. You have to get out there and ask people. But yeah. you'll be amazed at how many people will agree to do it. Yeah, and it's, it's a super way to get on there. Because if you're on that call, you're suddenly that expert to all of those people. It doesn't take any time to be seen as an expert to your marketplace. Yeah, it's like um, an instant referral, isn't it? You know, it is. By that person who's hosting the call. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, so you jumped a whole load of hoops already. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. get uh, get your offer in front of people. Have some sort of a freebie. Have something that people can come to your website for. And your website could simply be just an opt-in page, and, and that's simply a a single page that has a headline, uh, some bullet points about what they would get, and this could be a call that you did, a 30-minute call, a 45-minute call, um, walking somebody through one process, and then a place for them to put their name and email address. This is a way for you to build your list, and then you continue to educate those people, but then you also want to promote your products and your programs. Right. And you know, it's a little different if you're offline, if you're, um, you know, in a and the better they uh, know you business. From... Sorry. I'm sorry? I was going to say, the better they know you, the more they're likely to buy, to pay more for your products. Is that right? Always. So, yeah. Yeah. So, as long as so you, okay. But here's the thing. If you start off with cheap, 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 cheap offers, you're going to train them to always want to buy cheap stuff from you. It's a real conundrum, isn't it? it it's kind of tough. So, yeah. So the point, and this is the thing, and I heard someone, a marketer, Evan Pagan, say this, said, raise the free bar. And what he meant by that is mm-hmm. give away more for free, but when they have a transaction, make sure you get that price up. Right. Be- that way you're not training people to buy, oh, just a $27 ebook and that's all I'm right. get from this person. I'm, oh, gosh, why would I pay $2,000 to work with, with her if I can get an ebook for 27 bucks? But they'll spend right. 2000 on someone else. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot get, of that, get the free bar up. Go, don't be afraid to give really good information for free. But yeah. make sure that when you are having them invest that they're, it, it is a little higher or at least at a point where you are happy. And that's yeah. it. Again, you know, if $27 is fine and you can get enough people to buy that $27 offer, then that's that's great. There are people that make mm-hmm. a killing doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But you're going to have to know wow. a lot about getting traffic to your business. Yeah. This is such a big conversation. Any last nugget that you would like to leave our audience with, Tom, before I share with them about our upcoming week and um, something else I want to talk to them about too? The last nugget. Well, you're asking me to <laughs> give it to a nugget. <laughs> try, try. Uh, you know, I, I would say uh, here's here's 
Here's uh, you mentioned earlier that I'm a skydiver, and uh, yeah. actually I haven't made a jump in a wow. long time, but I am a certified skydiver. And wow, um, going back to my you know first few jumps, mm-hmm. um, the scariest thing in the world was the plane or the uh, the drive out and the plane ride up. It wasn't the actual mm-hmm. jump because there are wow. all these things that go through your head. What if the parachute doesn't open? What if this? What if the you know all these crazy things that if you're thinking yeah. that you shouldn't even be going in the first place. Yeah. That's the scariest part, and I think with getting your fees up, with getting it out there, with getting if you're wanting to be a speaker, getting in front of that audience, all these things that we think are going to happen probably will never happen. And if they did, um, it's not skydiving. You know, it's not that the parachute doesn't open. It's just really no harm. There, there's nothing at all wrong with it. You can always course correct. Um, yeah. If you get your fees up and you say, you know, there's still something wrong here. I'm not getting the clients. You can always make changes. So you can – it never has to be permanent. Um, you're always going to be redefining your business anyway. So there, there are going to be yeah. changes, which is the cool thing about it, is that you can find things that are working and, and really work on those and ditch the things that don't. Yeah. So I would say and just do it. You you know, to, sometimes you have to experience the, the things that don't work to get to the place of what does. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you find out, well, I probably didn't want to do that anyway, so that's that's mm-hmm. fine. So, yeah. I, you know, I'd say the last nugget is just get out there um, with as much conviction as you can. And don't worry about hearing no. Uh, you're going to hear it. it. That's fine. That's going to come with the territory. If you don't, uh, you're not getting out there enough. Yeah, and that makes your, a lot your of prices, sense. If you're not yeah. hearing no often, then you're not getting out there enough. You're not getting out there enough. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Your prices, I love probably, that. You, your prices probably aren't high enough either. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Tom, thanks so much. This has been, you know, a lot of wonderful information. I know the people listening on this call, you know, have been um, um, are going to be really um, blown away by a lot of this information, and and uh, some nugget will have stuck with them. I know that. And, well, I hope uh, so. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, if they walk away with one thing from this call, I think you know that could make a huge difference. Um, well, that's the key. I think they've probably got a whole load more than one. <laughs> yep. Well, I'd rather people take one and really run with it. Exactly, than, I agree. And just kind of, you know, goof around with all of it. So Exactly. I if something agree. really struck you, well, I need, that's where I need to focus on my business right now, then uh, take the piece and really go with that. Exactly. And, and I do encourage people, too, go to chargewhatyoudeserve.com um, and pick up the free report, Five Deadly Mistakes to Fee Setting, awesome. and what to do if you've made them. Awesome. That would be so, a great idea. A reminder for people, no matter where you are in your business. Definitely, definitely. That's wonderful. Thanks so much, uh, Tom. So I'm just going to let everyone know that next week we have Vivica von Rosen coming to share with us about um, the social media platform LinkedIn. She's the LinkedIn expert. And the, LinkedIn is doing some amazing uh, stuff right now where we can really get a, a real presence and network um, with the people we want to be connected with on LinkedIn. So I'm really excited to to have her um, come on the show and, and share her expertise. I don't know, um, you know, I, I'm using LinkedIn, but I, I certainly don't have the level of experience on there that I'd like to. So I'm really excited to be learning from her as well. And um, I know that you'll you'll find it fascinating. It's also another place to find your ideal client, like we were talking about with Tom. So, yes. you know, some wonderful opportunities there. So, I really encourage you to come and listen to to the show. And of course, if you haven't uh, um, gotten my free report yet, please do go to keystoclarity.com 
and download your free report, The Five Biggest Business Killer Mistakes Solopreneurs Make and How to Avoid Them. Um, I know that you'll find that extremely valuable. So uh, again, keystoclarity.com, and you can go there and download that, or you can go to my profile on Blog Talk Radio and just sign in there. There's, a, there's a, an opportunity to put your, your email address in there and get that report. So thanks so much, everyone. Thank you, Tom, for a wonderful conversation today. And um, I really look, look forward to staying connected with you and, and uh, seeing what other wonderful things you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for being here and for the comments on the blog and everything. And thank you for the opportunity to be here. I had a great time. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for being here and to your shining success. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.